How was your dinner? I had some leftover curry from Saturday night, which was You've always, You're good. always eating leftover curry. Your favourite food is leftover curry. <laughs> I make enough on Saturday night to have three meals. I have one on Saturday night, I have one on Monday night, I have one on Wednesday night. Just because we record on Monday and Wednesday, you always catch me eating leftover curry. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of curry. I can't... The one thing about this um, this coronavirus thing is that I'm just constantly... I'm getting sick of food because I'm just cooking and then having to eat that food for the... like. I mean, it's worse for you. But having to eat the same meal day after day, sick of it. Yeah, well, that's why I do a day in between. Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, you see? You get that You get that buffer day where you can have a little yeah. bit of something special, a little bit something little exciting. Space. Make a little bit of a change. And then back to curry, and you're like, you know what? I'm ready for curry again. I've had I've had some time, and the curry's <laughs> got better because over time, you know, it's stewing, it's marinating, it's 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 developing. So each time you come back, now, it's like sh- a new a new adventure. I I I agree with you on the curry thing because curries do effervesce and change, much like. Much like this podcast, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> this, this this podcast isn't developing like a fine wine. It's developing like a curry. like an old leftover curry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've always described this podcast as a fridge curry. You know, we'll get yeah. there eventually, and it'll be something special. Yeah, yeah, but sooner or later it will go off. <laughs> um, yeah, there's always a little it's not bit keep of forever. There's like a chunk of ginger in there, and you're like, oh yeah, sorry, that's yeah. that's a chunk. No, um, uh, often, often to oh, get spicier every day. Okay, okay. It, you know? Or sometimes it mellows if it starts off with quite like an acidic True. tomato. Like if you're starting with yep. like a butter chicken or whatever, over time it, it actually softens. Mm-hmm. It levels out yep. a little bit. Yes, like a bolognese. So. Nice. Um, I've got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show you this thing now. Okay. Because uh, I did some thinking. Okay. Um, I've, Must have I've been, been a new feeling. Thinking. Good one. <laughs> um, I'm just going to send it to you via email. Oh, it's one of those quickly. things, is it? Okay. Yep. I got an email from a Michael Zabrecki with the subject line Clippy. Moi. Correct. Okay. Says, right. Is an MP3. So a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, maybe actually it was, I think it was in October last year, we, uh, that's just we multiple had a weeks about stacked up back to back. Predictions, whatever, about a certain subject. Um and oh, fuck. I'm just gonna oh, I'm just gonna let the fuck. clip do the talking. Uh, Jim, can you can you roll the tape, Jimmy? Thank okay. you. Oh, do you wanna know my answers that. for that bet? Yep. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. There you go. <laughs> Hopeful. Mm. Ah, that's my bet. Where are you going? It's not you're not gonna like it, but um, you're going by it. Like, yeah, the Maverick. I think I think his name. Oh, I don't know how it. you can watch the past two weeks of American politics and think a Trump's literally being impeached, and b Biden's name has been dragged through the muck for two yeah. weeks, and all of his um, polls are dropping, and he's like getting less donations from. Um, than other Democratic candidates for those things and say, yeah, both of those people are going to win. <laughs>
I don't know how you can look at both of those things and say, yeah, both of those people are going to win. <laughs> he just okay, seems so like a president. You're rubbing it in at this point now. <laughs> he seems like the president. I, I think uh, Biden's absolutely um, empirically been trending down. Um, I, 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 and I just think because Trump sees him as the rival and is going to expend all the energy shitting on him, um, I, I also think he's not one to... Um, enthuse a democratic base. Is it more base, important stuff or do we get the point? Revolution. Um, and so yeah. I think well, um, he just won't attract the kind of um, <laughs> fundraising or grassroots momentum that some of the others like a Sanders or a um, Harris would get. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think you're wrong on this one. I think that's all that we need to hear. Here's right? what that I think was probably the, that's the, Here's my prediction. That's the gist. I think what you'll start to see is the democratic candidates start to drop like flies. Uh, and then I think that they will have no choice but to unite. So they'll end up endorsing Joe Biden. Uh, I think you'll see Elizabeth Warren do pretty well. Um, I think you'll see Pete Buttigieg do pretty well as well. Um, but I th- my prediction is that you'll have Bernie and Biden in a heads-up duel. Um, and then Bernie will eventually drop out himself. Leaving Biden to be the uh, the Democratic nominee. I think that you're right. <laughs> Thanks. Um, didn't expect you to say that. Look, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. This is oh. just a prediction. But it is it is a very it is a prediction for very real money that we sh- that we basically shook on. No, I don't. That, uh, I think that was all verbally. The, that online. was the most important. So for fifty dollars. I don't know if there's any um, more. Fifty. Fifty big ones. I don't know. So, uh, and just for the record, the date today is October the eighth, two thousand nineteen. That's that's see something about that seems oddly out of out of character. Just where, gave the date as well, which is a timestamp, which is lucky for me. Sorry, where was where was my acceptance of that? Because I just my knowledge of a of uh, contract law back from, uh, you know, the, the law degree that I did. Oh. I, I needed to have an acceptance. Enough of the contract law. <laughs> People have been on my back about that for years. Um, now, Nick. Was now, there, was now, there well, a I just wanted to part highlight of that the... clip there? Sorry. Yeah. Was there part of the clip where I said, yes, I will I will give you $50 on today, October 18th, 2019? It, pre- it predates that that was just before I started. I, I took the clip. So really, I should have probably taken the clip just before, but just take my word for it. You can go back if you want, but don't. Okay. But we basically agreed. Uh, and uh, sorry, what I wanted to point out with that clip, and look, I don't mind if you're wrong. You know, I, that's I like it when you're wrong. Actually, um, what I what I, what I what I what what struck me about listening back to that clip is mm-hmm. the um, that uh, that was and just to be word? clear, that was taken um, just like in in its entirety. In one piece from a from podcast. podcast. From that was the just same podcast. That yeah. wasn't. That was all just sort of complete, intact. Yes, I mean, yeah. just like I a edited, solid I edited, chunk. I com- yeah, I compressed it. I obviously heard the beeps. Did you hear the beeps? Uh huh. That's different parts of the same podcast. So. Uh huh. And was there a different but, part at the end yeah. there? No, no, because no. I don't remember you playing such smooth, soulful jazz underneath your prediction last time but maybe i just couldn't see I the think piano some, honestly honestly sometimes that just happens when i when i get on a roll and i say mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. that 
a piano just comes out of nowhere. That's yeah. royalty free BIF piano, by the way. <laughs> you you specialize in playing royalty free music. It just happens. I mean, if you follow me around and I'm just giving out zingers, yeah. left, right, and center. If you're playing other people's music, at some point you're going to come into some trouble. So yeah. usually, what ha- what I'm soundtracked usually by royalty free music. Yeah. The other day, I was standing next to you for about thirty seconds, and then when I proceeded forwards, I was on a different floor than when I started. It's amazing. <laughs> that went over my head. I don't get that elevated music. Uh, that was a bit abstract. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what I wanted to highlight with that clip, Nick, was mm-hmm. not so much the money. Although okay, that great. was a massive part of it, it's the, it's the, it's the, um, the, the, uh, the pomp, the pomp, the pompousness of, uh, of your, of, of your dismissal of my suggestion that Bo, uh, what's his name, Bo Jiden, Joe Biden would be the Democratic nominee, and you scoffed at me. You said, I, I think, don't know how you can I think if we, this. I think if we play that, that clip, you'll actually see at the end that I said, I agree. Was that not a thing that you, for some reason, included, <laughs> in, despite very clearly <laughs> editing so much around that? You left in the bit where I agreed with you, which seems to have almost undercut this particular attack of the argument. <laughs> but okay, sure. Look, yeah. I, I don't know why. I don't know why you said that. <laughs> To be honest, at that time, <laughs> yeah, um, I I was just happy that I think I I took it as you just came you were just coming around to what I was saying, and you're like, oh yeah, I can kind of see that. you know how sometimes you come around when I when I uh, yeah when we have like a debate or something yeah, very rarely, um, but yeah, no, I will give you genuine props. You you 100 percent called it. I was I was living the dream. I was living. I was hoping for better, but you in your cynical. Small-minded way, uh, just I guess connected to the um, white male Democratic voter base, and you saw it coming. You just you, you predicted you know that to... you didn't, you couldn't see yourself voting for a woman, and thus neither could they. And I should have trusted that. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that that's sorted. I'll get you your seven dollars. Seven. I think yeah, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the financial but... um, markets over the past few months, but the value of uh, <laughs> the currency bet back then has severely decreased. Um, but uh, oh. whatever that whatever that uh, actual amount was, I will transfer to you. Did I read just another um, uh, just another that... financial bailout for my friend Michael? Woo! Did I read today that uh, New Zealand, because of their strict implementation of lockdown is close to having this thing sorted yeah anything we're still having fewer cases fewer new cases every day we've had a few more deaths i think we're up to nine or something more like that it may be a bit more today i haven't seen the news yet but i think um proportionally we're getting pretty close to half of the percent uh half of the uh people that have contracted uh, the virus have now recovered from it. Half of them. So that's that's pretty amazing. Um, wow. And I think the total is around 1,400 people. I think about 700 have recovered. I think there are around nine deaths last I heard. So really doing some amazing thing. The, uh, the lockdown is another week. 
another week from today. Today's day 21. Oh, close. Um, closing in. I think it might get extended a little bit. I hope not. Oh. I miss my boyfriend, but I think it might. Mm. But we will see. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, they're, they're doing pretty fucking great, to be honest. Cool. Well I, done. Mm. Well, you didn't do anything. Well, you stayed in head curry and didn't fuck yeah. your boyfriend, so that's something. Yeah, it's um, a self-sacrifice. Uh, oh yeah, that, that was what I was going to ask. Do they um, do they definitely know that you're immune after you get it? I don't know if we know that. I don't know. Yeah. I think that I That'd just saw <laughs> some. Yeah, well, I, I saw some um, an article suggesting that um, the WHO was looking into it because there were. Um, people who had seemed to have the symptoms again. And I'm not sure whether that, I think what they're looking into is to confirm whether or not that's a new case of contracting it again, or whether it's the virus hanging around a bit and they just, those patients didn't knock it on their head fully. And so it's like flared. And I think that's what's being investigated, but I'm not sure if there's a definitive answer yet. Okay. Well, sounds like kind of, kind of good news. Yeah, I mean... Getting better. News is getting both, better. Both of Australia and New Zealand are doing pretty well on the global scale. Mm. Should we do the intro? Yeah. Do it. Welcome to Deep Forward, Take off my sweater. Oh. You can do it while I take off my sweater. I don't want to do it while you're getting changed. What? I said what? I don't want to do it while you're getting changed. I want you to show Why? me some respect. Full respect and attention. Welcome to Deep Forward, everybody. It's just an exciting podcast today, and I've just got a little bit more pep in my step. Uh, and I hope that you do too. I hope that you're feeling uh, refreshed and at ease and in delight at just hearing a couple of guys having a chit chat, you know, getting getting some words out. Sitting through the internet with me this week. Michael, say hi. Yo. Whoa. And my name's Nick. Welcome to the show. Uh, How you been you, feeling? Are you drinking a beer? I'm having a beer. Drinking? I'm over the hump now. Nice it's beer. Wednesday. Right. Um, well, do you ask me something? How have you been feeling? Good. Been sleeping really well. You've been sleeping really well. So, oh man, I've been sleeping fantastic. Nothing like a pandemic. I feel a million soothe bucks. Those fears, those late night anxieties. Oh God, just as wonders for the soul. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I haven't really been that worried when I go to go to sleep that much this uh, recently. Yeah. So, uh, what has actually? Um, what was your previous pattern, and what's changed? Do you know why this is? I think is it's because, because now I have. Yeah, I think it is, but I'm going to bed way earlier and getting up way earlier. And so I've established a routine for myself now that's not able to be affected by any external um, uh, obligation or anything. So, so I've been I've been going to bed at like twelve, waking up at eight, sleeping like a baby, using the sleep cycle app, tracking all my sleep, and it's uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, eight but, hours um, for so you is, is more, a huge um, improvement. Yeah, um, so I'm more mentally alert, but not really 
I'm alert, but I've got nothing to do with the alertness. You're so. alert, but not alarmed. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess. Um, how about you? You had a big, big work long weekend, did you? Yeah, I didn't really take... Did you do anything over Easter? I suppose you can't really do do things, but did you celebrate it? Uh, no, we just... Uh, Emma and I just cooked up a lunch for ourselves and had a nice lunch. Hmm. Nice. It was our anniversary on the same day. Ah. Um, did so you? Because you met at that Catholic with mass, friends. didn't you? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that wouldn't be true because Easter changes, Nick, as you know. <laughs> the date for Easter changes. It's based on the moon. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't even, just for a second, just go along with it for a joke. But that's okay. Um, there's so many opportunities there. Um the uh i worked over the weekend i had i had i i know it's shitty and i'm i'm not complaining um because i'm aware that you have found yourself unemployed as have many out there um but i i have just been very busy <laughs> so i worked i worked 6 days last week i i didn't i took only sunday off over the uh the long weekend and then i worked monday again and and we're just yeah fully underway with some of our show development and we're writing scripts and that sort of thing and and we're we've adjusted the schedule um obviously with all the coronavirus things but we have development that needs to take place and which can luckily take place remotely um so that's full steam ahead um on top of another couple other things so yeah it's just been it's been a bit exhausting i um in contrary to your um rhythm i have been having quite interrupted sleep where I've been like waking up for an hour or so in the middle of most nights and I think that's just stresses just sitting there or workload um, stewing away and, and wakes the brain up um, but it's all right yeah. I am um, I got much more on top of it because of working over the weekend and this week has so far proven not to be quite so stressful which is good but Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm ready for it to be over. I want to go hang out with KC and the Sunshine Band and the Sunshine Band. That's my boyfriend. Sorry, podcast listeners, KC. Um, <clears throat> but you know, it is what it is. We're getting close. Three weeks of lockdown in. Um, yeah, one to go. Probably. Does it hopefully. feel like? Does it? Are the? Are the? I guess it's different. For you, but are the are the does it feel like a long time has elapsed? I mean, does it feel like to you March has been super long? Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen like a lot of like memes and stuff that are popping up and saying you know like March feels like it's gone on for twenty years or whatever. Yeah, does that feel like that for you? Not in quite the same way. I mean, it does feel like this has been a thing for for ages now. I can't how. So this is probably our fourth or fifth episode that we've talked about the coronavirus, right? Yeah, so maybe, that suggests several months have passed, right? And that feels yeah. that feels intellectually right, but this specific period only feels like half of it to me because there was the lead up where there was the panic buying in the shops and the social distancing had had kicked in, but no one was being locked in their house yet. So like, I feel like we're in phase two (laughs) 
And there was yeah. a, there was a, a phase before this, which feels like a long time ago. But mm. it also doesn't seem like intellectually. I know it wasn't that long ago. And I yeah. think also we. It's funny I, how this you... is a ramble. I'm sorry, um, but I, I the other thing of it is, of course, I'm I work from home most uh, in in normal life anyway. So the difference hasn't been that my w- week, my like work week has really changed because that's basically stayed where it was. The difference is the punctuation of the weekends isn't there. So the weekends where I mm. used to relax by seeing friends or going out to brunch or catching up with people or, you know, uh, playing yeah. D&D or something like that, that's not happening. And that's what actually right. feels the difference. It's the loss of the weekends that I notice, not the change to the week. Sorry. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how your perception of t- of time is so malleable and so warped, even though it's like one of the most c- like consistent things in the universe. You know what I mean? Well, isn't time space time? Isn't that isn't that actually very malleable? Isn't it literally deformed well, by gravity and such? Well, and also, well, doesn't it not exist oh. because it's like a dimension? Okay, okay, Mister. I meant like it's one of the most constant things. Like, oh, well, you're going to pick holes in that as well. I'm just, no, I was, I'm just I was ready. Say... I was ready to accept. I actually know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was thinking last night in uh, when I was trying to sleep that uh, that I was trying to work out how many years I've got yet left to live, approximately. <laughs> this was a, this was <laughs> as part of your good night routine uh, that was then followed by like eight hours of sleep. You were just trying to do the maths on what year you'd die. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna. S- I gotta do something. Uh, I, I can't counting fall asleep. sheep, but instead of counting sheep, I count the years until my imminent demise. Twenty twenty. That's not too far from the truth, you know. Twenty twenty two. I can't fall asleep like that. I'm not one of these people that can just like fall asleep. So I have to do some thinking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it wasn't a morbid. It wasn't a morbid thought. But I was trying to work out how long I've got to live, and then I was thinking about what it, what it was like when I was ten, and how long ago that feels. But that was only twenty years. So I was trying to work out. Okay, in 20 years' time, I'm going to be 50. Um, but, and that feels like a long time if I work it back to me being 10 years old. But actually, because of your perception of time, that 20 years, the next 20 years is going to go really quick. And so it's not going to, it's not going to be like the same amount of, it's not going to feel like the same amount of time from 10 to 30 as it will from 30 to 50. Yeah. I think that we talked about that at some very early point in this show that I think in terms of experiential like perception of time, because, because everyone's sense of time is only a proportion. It's it's all relative to the amount of time you've already experienced. So one day when you're five feels like an eternity or a a one hour drive down the road feels like an eternity because the number of hours and days you've experienced in your life is relatively small. But with every passing yeah. day, then exponentially it becomes a smaller and smaller part of your overall experience. And so everything feels like it's speeding up. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. That's why to- people... I think, sorry, my, my point there was that I believe someone's done the maths and concluded that by the time you're like 11 or whatever, you've experienced half of your life in sort of relative terms of how oh long, it, how long it feels to have lived it. 
That scares me. Yeah, it might not be. I'm 10, not going to sleep like, now. We've definitely crossed it. But that, that's why you always hear old people saying, you know, um, you know, you you blink and your your life will go like that, and then up up but up until thirty, you're like, man, like eighty years. If I live to eighty years, that is so much time. How how's but, this for a metaphor? It's on. like you're on a highway pointed at a cliff. And you're driving and you're accelerating and accelerating and accelerating. And you will only ever go faster and faster and faster till you just like hit that cliff and then it's it's over. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You're, that's you're, you're exactly barreling it. towards the end. Yeah. Great. Sleep well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um so a, a little bit of a, a a tangent this week on the coronavirus stuff. I I hope everyone out there is taking care. I hope that they're not going insane. I hope that you're um, restful and relaxed and uh, eating a balanced diet. Um, and one of the rather than than touch on some of the um, the world news things because I think for most of us listening, life has settled into a strange rhythm, but a rhythm nonetheless. Um, the interesting sort of piece of news that i saw that came out this week is a technological one Uh, because the way that we have successfully contained and and uh or done our best to contain the uh novel coronavirus has been through contact tracing through finding people who had it and then tracking all the people that encountered them and then following them up and testing them and plotting out this this map of who had the virus, right? Contact tracing. Um, and what uh, came out this uh, week, which I might actually just read from a news article directly, um, is that Google and Apple together are building a coronavirus tracking system into iOS and Android. Oh, boy. Uh, so let me just let me read a little bit of this thing that... Um, they've announced a shared system for tracking the spread of the new coronavirus, allowing users to share data through Bluetooth transmissions and approved apps from health organizations. Um, so they put out this series of documents and white papers proposing this system, which uses short-range Bluetooth communications between phones to establish a voluntary contact tracing network. And that'll keep extensive data on phones that have been in close proximity with each other. Official apps from public health authorities will get access to the data and users who download them can report if they've been diagnosed with COVID. Um, Then the system then alerts people. So let let me just walk this back a step and go through it slowly. You download an app on your either Android or iOS device. You turn on all the um, sharing settings so that it can interact with other phones that are walking past you using Bluetooth. If you fall sick from and get diagnosed with COVID-19, you then mark on your phone app, I have COVID-19, and this is the date that I got it. And then it backdates. It goes through the list of devices that have passed by your phone. And it says, here is oh. 200 people's phones that pass me who've opted into this system as well notify all these people that you a person with covid were in vicinity of them go and get tested 
Mm. So this is a pair of cross-platform iOS and Android um, APIs that they're aiming for a mid-May release. They're working with health authorities. There is a whole bunch of um, of privacy stuff built in. Obviously, opt-in is the big one. You have to choose to do this and you have to choose to share that information. Um, it doesn't actually track people's physical location. Um, but basically, yeah, you tell the app you've been infected and then it backdates and it notifies other people whose phones were around. Um, so the angle that I wanted to take from this is, A, what do you think of this as a technological quote-unquote solution or aid to um, contact tracing and then up from this talk a little bit further about sort of uh, surveillance state questions um, but but let's start with these apps what do you think about this this is like a conspiracy theorist this is playing right into the conspiracy theorist though this app it's so it's so confusing this because i saw this i think yesterday and it's like we this is obviously technology that can be so beneficial but the idea and you're seeing it a lot in america because americans like americans more than any other race of people want to protect their uh individual liberties and they're so especially like republicans they're so worried about the government uh overstepping their mark and you know they want they want small government and everything they, they want they want to be in control of their own lives and I think there is a part of that that is, it is like genuinely scary and valid. And I think you've spoken about before about you, you've got your, I don't know if it was specifically Google. I think it was Google Maps. Maybe we spoke about that you were, you used another app because you didn't want them to have just out of almost out of principle. You didn't want them to have access to the data. Like not that they're really going to do anything with it, with your data specifically, but just the idea that they could. Are yeah, looking uh, to I, I use. Here? Yeah, sorry, I was just letting you finish that train of thought. I, oh, yeah. um, I used uh, the Apple Maps app in preference to Google Maps, where I can just because Google right. Maps does keep full, um, like A to B, kind of tracking of of your devices in order to do things like monitor traffic levels and stuff. But it knows yeah. as a result where you li- like live and where you go to work and that kind of thing. It's it does predictable stuff and it uses that data. Yeah, and I think Google. Yeah, I mean th- this kind of comes into some of the skepticism about this app framework stuff as well. Is that Google does not really have a good brand association when it comes to the idea of data, data and um, uh, the ways that it harvests and uses it. Right, it's their entire business model is data. Um, I think they con- have they exploited that before? Are they do they what's why is their trust not super high? Um, we, uh, I'm trying to think if there's been any um, huge scandals that come to mind. I think the I, I think it's tied into a few different things. There's the fact that their business model they're not a hardware company for the most part. They've, they've that's changed a little bit with their phone division in recent years. But traditionally speaking, the way that Google makes its money and still to this day makes the most of its money is through advertising. It's through advertising uh, on their Google search results. It's through advertising on uh, other people's websites. They offer up the Google AdWords sort of backend and that sort of stuff for it. Uh, AdSense, I think it might be called. Um, And so in order to be a really effective marketer, they 
harvest data on users' interactions with those websites and with those ads. So yeah. their business model has incentivized the collection of data in order for them to better target ads and make more money off it. So that's been their financial yeah. model. And to this day, I believe that there's nothing else that really supplements that. Um, uh, hard, certainly not hardware revenues off phones and that sort of thing. Um, so that, that has always had a position where the interests of the customer and the interests of the company are in opposition. The customer doesn't really want to have their... Um, movements around the web reported to a big corporation like that um, because it's creepy but they want a free service so they put up with it right the the reason that apple has been to been able to position themselves or attempted to position themselves as much more privacy focused is that they make their money off hardware so they build a phone which has a built-in i think at least like a it depends on the device. I think Macs have a built-in 30% profit margin. I think phones might have like an 11% profit margin or something like that. Every single device they sell has a, a price point which is based on the cost of the components inside and every single one makes some profit. So right. they're not in their interest in the data is kind of irrelevant. They make their money in a different way. And so they have been able to, they've had a, a lucky coincidence, which is that as people have grown concerned about data use in the past you know, decade, their business model hasn't relied on it. And so they've been able to say, and they've been able to lean into the curve, if you like, and be like, great, this is actually a point of difference for us. Um, ah. our, our devices are safe and they are. They're definitely much more privacy focused in the way that they anonymize data and and make sure actively make sure in browsers and that sort of things that you can't be tracked around the web that sort of thing um i don't quite remember how we got into that but we were talking about um why do why do people feel afraid about google in that context um yeah and i think both of those points the dichotomy of of the google model and the apple model is kind of interesting tension when they're working together now to create a system where you're literally tracking the health of people and sharing that information with others. Like it's literally like, it's like a leper app, right? (laughs) You have something contagious and you're notifying everyone around you if you've got it. Um, Yeah. So yeah, with regards to, the app specifically it is you said before that there's like a creepiness factor which i think it's hard to know whether or not that's a that's a just feeling like creepiness okay you can you can feel creeped out by something but that doesn't mean there's that the, there's necessarily a threat there but with this thing like you it's so interesting that we obviously need this technology and people don't want to be locked up in their houses like they are they want to be out and this tech this technology could help them get out of their houses but they people are also inherently really untrustworthy of um of being tracked and giving up their data and and information to governments i mean you see on these comment threads even on like news uh links or news videos about this all the comments, mostly from boomers, will be, yeah, this is what the this is how the government's gonna get you and you know, this is what 
there'll be no turning back from this. They're using coronavirus to um, implement some draconian laws and you'll never get it back and this is how they get you and they're going to they're going to uh, take away all your liberties and stuff and i mean i won't say that's a valid concern because i i don't think that this protocol allows for the kind of location tracking as i said it is more mm. a a device to device interaction so google and apple are not getting physical gps data about where they were it's a a proximity sensor where you walked past someone's phone you both have the app on and you go ping okay you're number one two three and this one's number four five six and then if someone later notifies oh one two three is ill it would tell four five six you've passed someone who had coronavirus that doesn't say at joe's cafe um right so so the the tracking ability of it is not is not really there it's it's just a a device. so it's not to, linked it's a handshake to a, it's not linked to a name it's not linked to a name um i mean this is kind of the i'm a little bit torn on this because i you know i'm a an apple follower i i follow their choices and and um releases and stuff kind of closely and and so i do feel like I understand what they do and what they would and wouldn't do and what things they do and don't legitimately value. Um, and I think privacy is one that they do take seriously. And I am yeah, much more likely to consider this than I would be if it was just a Google initiative and Apple wasn't involved. Yeah. Because I think Apple right. wouldn't involve themselves without making sure there were some very explicit um, protections in it. Um, and and that may be doing Google a bit of a disservice in in this as well. Um, I just don't follow them as closely. Um, but the 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 point that you make, which is that oh, this will just be the start. This is how the governments will get you. I think what's kind of what is the creepy thing about it is the fact that the capacity is already there. That all it right. takes is these two this duopoly these two platform holders to work together and flip on this switch and then it's there you know and they they push that out into everyone's phones and then yes currently you have to install an app and and opt into it but technologically speaking the hardware the bluetooth hardware that's in all of our phones already already had this it was just them using it right and I think that's the mm. really interesting thing, which is that our phones could do so much creepy shit. Yeah. The, <clears throat> yeah. People, there's like this Orwellian 19, there's like a real, I'm thinking a lot these days about kind of 1984 kind of Orwellian uh, kind of things that popped up in that book. Um, initially it was, when people are, I haven't read 1984 since year 12, but um, I remember one of the one of the things in that book was people would, um, the government encouraged people to dob on their neighbours, basically, yeah, and that's what's happening now. So there's 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 a bit of that. Um, what else? I mean, the there? other the interesting corollary there as well. If we're actually pulling out 1984 illusions, it's it's the uh, the double think and the the complete reissuing of 
um, history. And I think you can see that it, it, it's it's sort of Trumpian in a way. Trump will deny the thing that you saw with your own eyes. And he will say, I never said that. That wasn't me. I have no responsibility. You're making this up. You're wrong. And try and rewrite history in front of you. And that's the kind of political maneuver which previously, before Trump came into office, seemed uh, like an abstract, like fictional kind of character trope. But all it took was was one person without <laughs> the morals or the the um, political nous, and now you have someone doing the exact worst that Orwell <laughs> predicted in terms of like a government um, trying to control the messaging to such an extent that uh, yeah. you are forced to confront the fact that what you're being told is true and what you saw with your eyes are not the same thing. Sure. And the scary thing is that those predictions have come true, but they just, they they don't feel like, they don't feel as dramatic or as sinister as they do in the book. And that's kind of a scary thing because you don't match it up with, the sinister, the um, what's the word there for cynicism, cynicism, sinister, whatever. Who cares? You don't match it up. You don't. You don't equate it as equally as sinister. Yeah. So it kind of just slips under the radar, which is scary. I mean, the the I can't. I don't know if you did with 1984 in your final year what I did, but we had a um uh. Uh, we had to read two texts and compare them. And so I did the classic 1984 Brave New World. Um, Brave New World, uh, Huxley, the actual, I believe, real-world student of George Orwell, um, who read his mentor or or teacher's novel and thought, nah, you've got it backwards, and went out (laughs) and wrote another classic, basically, in response to him. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) Aldous Huxley's um, book, Brave New World, have you read that one? Uh, no. Brave New World basically I've, says... I've seen Waterworld. Yeah, that's basically the same thing. Um, okay. Have you seen Wayne's World? I've seen Wayne's World 2. I've got to see the first one. <laughs> Some would say that's the better of the two anyway. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, uh, bah, 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 train of thought. Brave uh, New World. Derailed. Brave New World, Huxley. thank you. Um, so yeah, Orwell was kind of like the thing which will... Um, and society will be this like top-down um, government-level cynicism, like a, a, a complete surveillance state which tracks everything that's um, goes on and, and uh, controls the public through misinformation and fear and and surveillance. Right? Huxley said, "No, no, 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 no. You're thinking too grandly. The thing which is going to um, cause societal rock is." distraction it is amusement it is drugs it is video games it is uh you don't need to like control the populace with like fascistic (laughs) dictatorial um laws just get them to watch a movie just give them some nice drugs and they'll be completely compliant and you can do whatever you want with them and I think the interesting yeah. thing is that I think they were both right because, as They're you say, right. yeah. if you look <laughs> straight down the middle here, you've got a phone which can track everywhere that you're going and doing everything in it. Um, and potentially, you know, a government steps in in a COVID kind of situation and shuts you in your house, but you're just happily there on your phone anyway, distracting yourself, watching Netflix, crashing Netflix because there's too much demand. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that hypothetical does... 
suggests that that there are sinister means behind what's currently going on. And I'm not trying to suggest that, but it is interesting that I think you can, you, the end result is going to be somewhere in the middle or indeed both of Orwell and Huxley. Yeah. Uh, and I, I perhaps somewhat naively trust that the government won't do that, that they, that, that they would know that they would be overstepping their mark but then also it it does it does feel like you said like a a click away yeah you feel like you could it could swallow you up at any time but you'd have a rev- i don't know you'd have a revolution surely i don't know i think i think revolutions if you've distracted a populace well that's what I, yeah if if unless you are if it's just like a little bit too much work, <laughs> I think sometimes yeah. revolution doesn't get off the ground. It takes something pretty significant. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's a Western problem. I think, as you say, there are places around the world there are still revolutions, but they're coming in, in you know, different kind of governmental systems. Over here, you can look at America and be like, how the fuck is this still going on? Why are there not people in the streets like rioting about some of the injustices that have occurred just in the past three years and yeah. the answer is ah ah it doesn't really affect me ah it's just out in the cold it takes a lot of effort to get like a revolution out dude this morning i was reading uh, an article on uh, donald trump um stopping the funding to the world health organization and I was just reading the article and it just like occurred. I was just kind of slapped with, I just had like a third um, out of body experience where I was just like, man, imagine reading this article in 2014 saying that the, <laughs> the whole world is on lockdown. Donald Trump is the president. He's now <laughs> stopping the funding to the World Health Organization. And I was just like, Man, 2014, me just had his mind blown. Yeah, it's it, crazy, man. We are living in the cr- what crazy time. Yeah, and it seems like it comes around sort of like every 30 years, right? Like there's a generational thing, and people spend like we've spent most of our lives for all that has happened in the world in relative stability, and I think that's the crazy thing yes. is that we've discovered how fragile so much of this is how very easily that's exactly right everything can change totally uh that that's exactly how i that's one thing that i've learned from this whole experience and one thing that maybe our parents already knew because their parents lived through the war yeah but i think one thing out i mean i lived 30 years just without having to question the uh interconnectedness of the world or yep. the stability of the world. I've never questioned it. So I just, in my head... Yeah, you could always I mean, just go to Europe you know, you if you hear wanted about, to, right? You hear about war and stuff, and my my grandma tells the story of when she had to take a... had to fill a, wall ba- a wheelbarrow full of cash in Russia to pay for some bread and stuff. And I'm like, that's a story, okay, that's there. That's when times were bad. and But it's like in the back of your head... But then this has just like rocked everything because finally 
I've realized that things can go tits up and things it it's not it's not a sure thing that all those things that you have in your life and that you rely on and that you take for granted are going to be there and there could also be a war that breaks out and there could also be another virus that's even more deadly and there could be another depression and all these climate things. change. I mean, this is a kind of crazy thing as well, is that we're going to hit exactly. a tipping point with this so soon. And then the idea of like, yeah. you have to stay in your house because the air quality is now over like 900 parts per million. No one leaves the house today. Like there, there are going to be so <laughs> many like societal impacts from climate change that start kicking in in the next decade or two that will again uproot society, uproot what it means to have a job, go to work you know educate yourself travel what does recreation look like if you can't go outside what is you know um what sports can you play if the like green spaces have all burnt off if the sea's (laughs) boiling or you know tornadoes are ripping across the (laughs) sea it's so fragile it's so crazy yeah yeah i used to be so like optimistic about the future in like globally speaking i kind of used to think oh you know we'll never get to a point where you know we'll we'll always work it out we're always moving forward you know we've legalized gay marriage cool yeah you know racism's going down like yeah we got this yeah human race we got it baby woo give us 50 years we'll be sweet and you know obviously like Cultural change is separate to everything, but now it's like my faith is completely zapped of, but it's, it's not in like a really, it's not because I'm necessarily cynical, but it's just that I've realized that the whole system is, been shaken up like a snow globe in these first four months of 2020 that I've realized, oh shit, things can actually go wrong and they probably will. Yeah. And I mean, in a way... That is empowering. It is heartening. It does show the impacts of, you know, what voting for one candidate over another does, what good economic policy or, um, you know, a a government with a scientific background or, you know, understanding does over the other. Like, I think some of the complacency comes from, uh, I mean, regardless of what happens, it'll be all right. But then it, I think yeah. I think that's something that hopefully will land Biden this presidency um, this year, where the people in 2016 who are like, it wasn't Bernie, so I'm not voting, or I'm voting for the third party candidate or whatever, because I'm not going to vote for Hillary. I think those yeah. people, hopefully, and I don't blame them because it's easy to be aspirational and it's easy to, you know, want, if you don't root for a candidate it's hard to force yourself to choose the lesser of two evils when you feel like there was like a great option there that didn't get even in the running right so i understand how that was a difficult thing but i hope that those people will look at it now and be like you know what if i'd just fucking gone and voted for hillary none of this would have happened none of this would have happened um yeah yeah, it's and also just to top it Sorry. off, we're on a we're on a fucking rock hurtling through an empty void. Yeah, and at any second, a big old space rock could just come plummeting 
through the outer reaches of the galaxy and just make it all pointless anyway. This yeah. is really quite a nihilistic like... podcast. <laughs> I like it. I feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's delve that one step deeper because off the back of this Orwellian chat and off the back of this uh, tracking app. So let me just ask you, what, do, do you think you'd sign up for the tracking app? The COVID tracking app? Uh, oh, um, so it's voluntary. And, and you said sign up. Yeah, you have to opt in. So it's tra- it is traced to a name. Sorry, that's it no, that's just name. that's that's me just linguistically pulling a phrase to describe the the action. I I don't know that you have to actually register your name in details. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, probably would I guess. Would you? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know, and I feel like this is actually a geographical question as well, because if you're in America, I think that has a you much much better yeah. chance of of being important to you of you knowing whether or not given that there's no testing right knowing whether or not you've come into contact with someone who has it who's voluntarily yeah. said hey um just so you know i've caught this that's probably very beneficial whereas in our our places at the moment with the i mean new zealand's goal is stated to be elimination right they're trying to literally shut the whole thing down no cases cross the border. Um, so in our situation and in, in Australia's situation, I don't know whether the use, whether it has the same sort of use. Um, it might not cross that threshold. Because again, the mm. other thing is you have to convince enough people to use it for it to be worthwhile anyway, right? So. Yeah, and have people have to get, people still have to get tested yeah so that they know so that the t- so the app works yeah. so yeah it's a bit of a it's a bit of a it's almost a bit of a long shot if you break it down like that yeah but i i guess it's part it's built around the idea that this is probably not going away for 18 months <laughs> and there are going to be places around the world like it hasn't as far as i know it hasn't crazy hit south america yet it hasn't crazy hit africa yet it's going to you know this is going to continue to roll out around the world over the next two years. And I guess these technology companies are are seeing, they're skating towards, they think where they think the puck might be, even if it doesn't immediately help, you know, the currently affected places. Um, I want a new virus. I'm sick of this one. (laughs) Well, you never know. You might still get the flu this year. Um, I'd like to piggyback off that chat um, and take a bit of a tangent here, which is not so virus related, um, which is a story actually that came out at the end of last year um, about the Australian um, uh, government's plan for a massive facial recognition database. And there was a whole bunch of uh, privacy concerns that sort of popped out of this. Um, So basically, if you've had a driver's license photo or passport photo taken in Australia in the past few years, um, it's likely that your face will end up in a massive national network the federal government's trying to create. Um, So Victoria and Tasmania have started to upload driver's license details to state databases. That'll eventually be uh, linked to a national one. There's legislation, or there was legislation before um, federal parliament to allow government agencies and private businesses to access facial IDs held by these state and territory authorities and passport photos held by the Foreign Affairs Department. 
Um, and this is basically that, or it would be the most significant compulsory collection of personal data since the My Health record. Um, and people are saying it's mm. to cut down on identity fraud. But basically, we're looking at a national database of people's faces um, and driver's license details and that sort of thing that not just government agencies, but private businesses could access. Um, and I'm, yeah, just off the back of this talk about the Orwellian stuff, um, I'm curious as to, again, in the way that we asked about the virus, where what line does it have to cross for it to be too far for you? When are you going to start to take this seriously? What is the creep factor for you? Um, is Should the government have like a, a profile on every one of the citizens with its your face and your details? <laughs> they already do. But that I was think one of the a... crimes. <laughs> Sorry, that took me so long to follow what you were saying. <laughs> um, um, I... I should care more about this than I do. And we've had a discussion before about like privacy, I think like ages ago, like 2015 or something. So I don't really know. I, if, if it, if they were going to introduce something like that, I, what I would probably do is just like ask you what you were thinking. And then that's what I would think. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not unappreciative. Um, I guess the, the thing is like the fear that with this kind of database, it could be integrated into like AI facial recognition systems, closed circuit TV, that sort of stuff. And you're basically on your way to real time automated surveillance of public spaces where you can walk through a, um, a mall and, you know, some computer will say, that's Michael Zabrecki. Mm. It's going to, it's going to happen anyway, though. That's, but why do you assume what's going to happen? Isn't that the, the, the whole point is that if, if people care about this and take it seriously and, and um, make us think about it and, and vote in people who don't, who agree and who don't want this, then it, it won't happen. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why defending privacy and def- defending rights like this is so important because once it happens, it's very hard to walk back. But people also get a benefit from this technology, like just citizens. Like it's easy to focus on the cynical thing that, the, that uh, Big Brother's using it for its own, you know, evil plan. What's but the a lot of this technology is, well, I mean, it could be keeping um, pe- people off the street that should be kept off the street, murderers and rapists and stuff and identifying criminals. And Well, I think the problem is false positives, though. Um, so this article says that the London Metropolitan Police used automated facial recognition. Um, they did some trials in, in 2016 and 2017 and reported that more than 98% of matches wrongly identified innocent members of the public. Um, so the the problem of getting false po- positives is way, way, way higher. That's much more likely than actually finding the person you're looking for. Did you say 98%? 98% were false positives. They were wrongly identified. Well, that that's broken. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> that's the point, right? If it if it isn't working and they're using it and they keep bringing in the wrong people, then it's <laughs> it it's giving this uh, like law enforcement the ability to like arbitrarily detain someone, have 
you know, their fundamental rights to a fair trial compromised based off a system which is unreliable. But why are they allowed to use a technology that's 98% fail rate? Because that was what they, that was the whole point. They were doing a trial to see whether or not it would work. And that was the data that they came back uh, from it. I, I, I think, oh, and I, ex- I expect that if they were to try and roll this out more um, significantly, they would have a, they would need to be able to promise a much higher um, hit rate than that. Um, and I think ultimately at this stage as well, it would be used in coordination with officers, right? They, they would have people reviewing it to see whether it's a like a false match or a, a real match. But um, even so, it's like, it's a strangely unreliable thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm so like blasé about this stuff. Like I don't, I don't, I know I should get worried and I should get, um, I should be like on top of this, but I'm not. It's just, I, I suppose my concern about it is at some point you'll hear the argument like, uh, this is the only way as police that we can do our job. You know, we need to do this in order to protect us, protect the Australian public against terrorists. We need to have constant real-time surveillance of our public spaces. Um, And I fear that that is an unreasonable violation of what we expect as as human beings. And I I think because it is um, so hard to wrap your head around the implications of... um, there was an interesting article. I see if I can find it um, about uh, three months ago, maybe, um, in one of the big American papers, where someone basically handed some journalists a bunch of location data that had been tracked from like people's phones um, from their visiting of like ad services and and like Google tracking stuff in the back end and this kind of thing. And they were able to go through and look at this data, which is theoretically all anonymized um, and identify who that person was because they linked together all the data points to be like, okay, this person's been in this location from like 10 PM to 8 AM. This is probably their home. And then they go over and they work there and then they go and get Gloria jeans or whatever. And they, um, the reporters were able to specifically identify people. And then they got in contact with these people and said, we know that you go and get a coffee at, you know, 10 AM at this place every day. And then you go over here and then you go to there and they were able to identify someone who had gone to apply for another job um, because they left their workplace during the day and then went off and, and went to a different location and then came back again. And, the uh and confronted them about it and they did that before they'd put in the resignation in the in the uh, old job so like there was an amazing degree of um specificity they were able to find uh like a pop star's phone number because she was behind she was in the green room in a stadium before the show and then went off to a hotel and everything and they were able to identify that person's phone and where she was and what she was doing. Like, people underestimate it because it's so invisible. But there is, like, a serious amount of of this geodata that is being recorded. 
Yeah, shit. That's scary. I got I got spooked out when when Google when my phone realized that I was going to work every day <laughs> without me telling it. It would just be like directions to work and I was like, I didn't tell you. I was like I was going to work. <laughs> yeah. But I did, I just put in the address. Either that, or just you're a because it's been tracking that this is the yeah, the day that the, the um the place that I go to five days Monday a week. It's just like okay, well that that's this guy's work. Okay, fine. yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. I, I you know I I understand why you're a bit like blase about it because it is so invisible. But but I guess it, you have to really put it into those kind of crystal questions and be like, okay. Are you happy for your phone to share your medical data with a random person you pass on the street? Are you happy for your geolocation to be identified to advertisers so that someone sitting in a box can join those dots and go, okay, the person that lives at this address um, loves Subway. Let's go and send him a um, a Subway coupon um, or let's sell that data to another company and make a profit off him. Um you know, are you happy for your face to be in a government database and then for you to walk through Rundle Mall and, and have that tracked and notify the police if you're if you look kind of like another guy who's got a warrant out, you know. That the implications of all this stuff become a lot more clear when you hear examples of what people are currently doing with that. Yeah. And especially it it would have been so much easier to get away with shit back in the day it's like kind of a fantasy now like you could drink yeah. and drive and shit and you know you could get away with you could fucking kill someone and leave him by the river and and then drink a six-pack and drive home i mean those were the days man those <laughs> were the days i mean pre-dna how did anyone catch anyone for any crimes right it's like oh yeah. he was kind of in the, he was in the room i, I guess that's all we know. I saw a guy go into that house. That was about yeah, it. Yeah, they had nothing. And then there was this loud thump. Yeah. But anyway, food for thought. Okay, Nicholas, That's how me. about a little weird news? Okay. In the news today from the strange and weird fact file. Well, for decades, only crackpots and crazy people believed in UFOs. Deputies do say the suspect told them he's been performing sex acts on animals since the 1970s. I told about my close encounter with the Yeti. A sticky situation at an airport in Tennessee after baggage was Turns out, the government has been taking seriously a This is Deep Thought Weird News with Michael Zubarefkla Sludge. That's pretty good. All right. Headline, dog found behind wheel after high-speed chase in Washington State. Dog found behind the driving wheel. Okay. Steering yeah. wheel. I call it the driving wheel. A dog <laughs> in Washington State, a pit bull, okay. led police officers on a high-speed chase. <laughs> Can you believe that? I can't. Okay. Wasn't quarantining. How far? All right. So I'll read... I'll read uh, I'll give you the the dot points of the article, okay? Mm-hmm. A Washington state man uh, who okay who led police on a high-speed chase on Sunday may not have actually been driving. Officers said that they found the suspect's pet P2 
pit bull behind the wheel. Okay. Um, 51-year-old male suspect from Lakewood, Washington, is now facing several charges, including DUI, reckless driving, hit and run, and felony. The man allegedly struck two vehicles before he fled. One trooper reported seeing the pit bull in the driver's seat with the owner and handling the steering wheel from the passenger's seat. The car reportedly hit speeds of up to 100, Wait. Uh, 100 miles per hour. What? So, reportedly so, saw the pit bull in the driver's seat with the... Yeah, with the owner, owner handling the steering wheel from the passenger's seat. So, what was the pit bull doing? Pressing the pedals? Get this, Nick. Washington State Patrol Officer said the driver told police that he was, and I quote, trying to teach his dog how to drive. <laughs> Uh, the officer said i wish i could make this up i've been a trooper for almost 12 years now i've never heard this excuse Uh, (laughs) so do you okay i've been in a lot of high-speed chases i've stopped a lot of cars and i've never had got an excuse that they were teaching their dog to drive here's my thing do we think this is legit or does he slightly drunk having just hit and run running away from the police finally gives in pulls over does he grab his dog from the passenger seat throw him into there and then strap himself in do a quick seat swap so that when the officer comes up to the door who's there big old dog sorry officer my dog got a little bit carried away i was asleep the whole time (laughs) that is exactly what happened he was so drunk that he was driving, and in his drunken mindset, he thought, "I know. All right, you gotta. <laughs> I've already Buddy, had a DUI. You gotta. You gotta take this." <laughs> and the dog's gone. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> so he's putting the pit bull in the driver's seat. The cops are coming over, and they've asked the dog for the ID. Uh-huh. They said license and registration, please. <laughs> and the dog's just gone. Rah, 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 rah. And they've gone. Something's fishy here. <laughs> And so then, and then they've looked at him, and he's he's got beer bottles in the in, on the floor and shit. And they're like, "So, were you driving this?" And he's like, "No, well, I was actually teaching my dog how to drive." And then the cops were like, "I'm not going to buy this, am I?" Don't worry, she's cops. a teenager. It's all above board. <laughs> um, he was re- later released on bond. Mm. That owner. So what a what a what an exciting excuse sometimes you know you go through life you think about all the numbers of people that have been arrested all of the you know crimes that have been committed and you encounter a new excuse like that and you you got to respect it right he had a crack you You had a respect it of course you do amazing let me um let me throw one more animal weird news back at the uh at the pod for you uh this one broke last month pretty big deal in uh new zealand the heading i spider moose in the fjordland national park As i spied a moose i spied a moose in the fjordland national oh, park. not spider moose spider <laughs> moose spider moose does whatever a spider moose does uh, i spied a moose so as it turns out there is an elusive yeti-like mysterious beast in the South Island of New Zealand 
that is the subject of folklore, the subject of rumors and speculation, the subject of a year's worth of mystery and uh, rumors and excitement. There is a moose. It's Bugfoot, isn't it? There's a a loose moose on the South Island. Um, Historically, they were shipped over (laughs) and released into the park in like the early 1900s. The last photograph that there were real moose in the area was in 1952, and basically everyone thought they'd become extinct. However, like every good missing monster, there have been unconfirmed sightings over the decades. Even better, DNA evidence in 2001 and 2002 suggesting that they were still in the area. But Ben Young was in a helicopter, 24 years old, and in March 2020, he saw a moose. He had absolutely no doubt he saw a moose. He was a passenger on a helicopter flight in the Doubtful Sound area, and he was looking out across a valley, spied a moose. He said it was only for a couple of seconds, but it had a big long face, and it flicked its head and exposed its big ears. And this is a quote from him. Instinctively, I was like, fuck, that's a moose. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the pilot was initially very dismissive, but then he realized how serious this guy, Ed Young, was, and he spun the helicopter around for a second look, but it was gone. Uh, So, unfortunately, still no confirmed photographs. Um, and the mystery lives on, but what a, what an alluring treat to imagine you're wandering through the national oh, yeah. forest. You're in a helicopter, perhaps you're yachting, you're, uh, rafting down a river and you just catch a glimpse of a big old moose hanging around and you think I've seen something magical today. If I was in New Zealand and I was hiking and I saw a moose, I'd be like, <laughs> I wouldn't say anything. I'd be like, oh, I guess New Zealand has moose. Well, here's, here's, here's another quote from him. Quote, Ed Young. I definitely know what a moose looks like. So don't let you skeptics out there think, this guy doesn't know yeah. what a moose is. He definitely is knows what a moose looks like. Because when he said that, mm-hmm. when he gave the description, he didn't mention the horns, which is the biggest part of moose. Well, I guess it depends on what time of year it is, whether they have horns, right? What? Don't don't they lose horns like antlers? Do they? I don't know. I feel like moose What moose does a antlers, moose look like without horns? Just like a just a big old what? cow. Um Are you serious? I need to look this up. Moose without horns. Um, moose no horn. This no um, antlers, that's what I meant. Yeah. The um, Oh yeah. This guy... Um, they look the, stupid without horns. Yeah, what a rubbish animal. Um, the uh, the guy, Ed Young, the moment that he landed, he went and saw Ken Tustin, who has been chasing moose in the Fiordland National Park since the early 1970s and has written two books and numerous articles on the subject. And Tufton said he also believed that Young had seen a moose because he's worked in British Columbia as a hunting guide and, quote, the man is bristling with integrity. It was good spotting by someone who knew. So, uh, yeah, very exciting. Um, the moose is loose. 
and uh, New Zealand is a buzz. Go look at a to the uh, listeners. Go look at Google Moose No, no Antlers. No, 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 no. Just, just, look- just no, 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 no. Just open up your podcast player and look at the screen right now. I'll put that photo right there for you, baby. Oh, you're gonna do one. Gonna it do looks one. like it looks like a rabbit fucked a horse and has a learning problem. <laughs> okay. Specific description, but can you I, use that one? I, I suppose we can use that. <laughs> uh, if you've got something from this episode, then I'm delighted, and I wish you uh, would just spend the next three hours revisiting some other great episodes from our archive. If you scroll down your podcast player, you'll see there are 134 other episodes, and they're all great. And you can find all of the details at deepfort.podbean.com. You can go to facebook.com forward slash deepfort. You can go to twitter.com slash deepfort and get your notifications when an episode goes live. You can go to Instagram and find us at deepfort. You can send us your questions and comments at deepfort at gmail.com. And there's stuff on SoundCloud if you want it. And you can just donate money to a local charity of your choice because food banks and stuff are having a hard time. So do something nice for the world. Can I just tack on to that and just say, just fucking send us a, an email or a message so we can give a shout out or something, anything. Just send us a question, send us a hello, send us a recommendation that we can yell out. Well, yeah. we've got nothing on our plate. Send us anything. We'll just read out. If you, got, if you want to send a message to someone, if you want to propose to someone, just send us the copy and we'll read it out. Yeah. I mean, the uh, the recommendation doesn't have to be just f- uh, our recommendation engine, I should say. It doesn't have to be from us exclusively. If you want to shout out something great that you've been watching, send it in. By the way, a lot of good feedback on the recommendation engine. That's good. By the way, Nick. I'm, and I'm I listened back to that jingle. That's that's a jingle. That's got some. That's, that is that's a, a jingle. jingle. Yeah. It's Maybe next the week. thing with the motorbike and the, yeah. Yeah. Have you gained weight in this in this isolation? Mm. Why? Just look a little bit rounder. Why? Yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't weighed myself. I've been doing push-ups almost every day, so How many can you do? I'm trying to stave it off, but my uh I'm trying to I've been aiming to do 100 every day, doing 25 in in uh, four lots mm-hmm. but usually I, I get to three sets and i don't do it but i'm doing different versions like incline yeah and decline versions of it yeah um but the thing is i'm just not walking like my, my steps are just not up there my i was hitting like twenty thousand steps a day yeah and then now i'm like eight if i'm lucky yeah if i go on a big walk yeah so that's the killer. I'm worried though. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I. I mean, today I didn't leave the house. Normally, I probably would have, but I. I just had all this work on this week, and the workout I did today, I was just doing weights at home, so I didn't need to go out for a run or anything. So, the, my, on and off routine is that on the days when I haven't done a workout, workout I would go for a walk in the afternoon. So Tuesday and Thursday, I'll go off and try and get some air but yeah i do what are you doing with the weights oh i just kind of look at them and 
just use them as sort of inspiration. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you draw them. Yeah, still. Life. I paint them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any chance we could get like a a a, a short video of um, of you lifting some weights for the gram? <laughs> the Instagram. Who is who on earth would want to see that? Uh, all of our forty strong fans. Uh, I'll put it on a story. Love it, but I won't put it on a gram. I want it to disappear after twenty four hours. On the deep fork, Graham? If you like, sure. All right, cool. As long as you put one up as well. All right, I'll do a workout video and you do a workout video. We we only put it on the story. (laughs) Deal. (laughs) 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 If if you had gone back to 2014 again, much in the same way that it would have blown your minds about the state of the world with the pandemic, the Iran war, the fucking global global warming the trump presidency do you think yeah. that it would have been more or less surprising to hear us a still doing this podcast and b have a legitimate workout video series on instagram because i think it'd be the second i think that's the one where we'd be like yeah. okay what the fuck has gone on <laughs> <laughs>